This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 367 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show, Riding the Trail. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are Uncle Jimmy's and EasySignsOnline.com. We talk trails today with Jan Hancock of the AmericanTrails.org, and we try and help a listener out. Mini Sarah catches up on, uh, us up on her situation. Plus, our Tack and Habit segment from Ada includes a skincare product and an eventing legend. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the Stable, it's every week. We bring you the news through hell, high water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. Sit on down and laugh till your poop Cause it's time again for Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop This is Glenda Geek And this is Helena B And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show On the Horse Radio Network Howdy Helena Howdy, Glenn. It was so good to see you last week. We, we, I know. We made the trek to Helena's house and spent a few days in the attic of the barn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not the attic of the barn. Actually, Although that's probably, nice. <laughs> I, yeah, if I had my choice, that's exactly where I would stay. <laughs> it was the very lovely. We went to the beach. I got in the freezing cold New Rhode Island water. You did. Your ocean is much one. colder than our ocean, by the way. Well, you <laughs> know, it, it warmed up like by at least 10 degrees after you left. Uh, probably. <laughs> it was chilly that day. It's true. I put my feet in this morning. I was like, wow, this is nice. <laughs> it was very nice little beach you got there and uh, love the area. Your house is lovely in the barn. And, and you and Jennifer got to go riding a couple mornings. Oh, we should. The first time we went out, it was like, blah, 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 blah. our horses were like, shut uh, <laughs> yeah, she. I mean, she came down with a cold, unfortunately, for the whole time, but uh, she had a good time anyway. Let me tell you something about Coach Jen, everyone. She is, she, I mean, she is seriously legendary rock star status. She had a really, like, she had a cold. She had sniffling, sneezing, coffee, fever, whatever that stupid commercial is. She had it all. And you, she didn't complain once. She smiled the whole time. Just, Wow. <laughs> What a trooper. Yeah, she isn't a big complainer. You know, she's broken so many bones, <laughs> had, so, had uh, you know, a few falls in her time, and she's ne- she never complains about it. So yeah. I'm the whiner. She's not. You know, that's my job. I'm <laughs> I can there see to that. Whine. I can totally see I sprained see my that. ankle yesterday. I was like, oh, I love her so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> it is. But yeah, we had a good time. We went to Newport one day and uh, got to head down there. And, uh, you know, I just uh, did the driving radio show with David Saunders was co-hosting this week. And he was telling us all about the Newport Coaching Festival and how cool that was. I know. Isn't it horrible that we missed it? I know. We missed it by a couple days. And it it looked just absolutely stunning. It was just a cool scene. And I saw all the pictures from the big party at the Breakers. And it it was neat. The party was at the Breakers? Party was at the Breakers. And it was... uh, That's better than... Rosecliff. It was white tie and tails. I mean, it was oh. it was a party. No wonder it was so expensive. Yeah, they said there were seven or eight hundred people there. 
Wow. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was quite the thing. Everybody had a great time, and, and the coaching went off quite well. So if you want to hear about, about that, head over to the Driving Radio Show this week. But, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. We had a good time. On the way home, uh, we listened to a book called Sergeant Reckless. Uh, by an author by the last name of Hutton. And she, it was an excellent book about Sergeant Reckless, who was the horse that the Marines used in Korea and was a, became a Marine, a decorated Marine, actually. Uh, and it was all about his life in the war and also after the war, what happened when they brought him back to the United States. It was an excellent book. Wow. Yeah, great, great book. We're having her on this uh, Horses in the Morning show on Friday morning, and I just love the book. So I highly recommend that to everybody. And then you're going to see something tonight. I am. Uh, Gracie and I and one of our friends are going to see Harry and Snowman. That's the documentary about... Harry Delaire and the $80 champion. If you haven't read it, it is an amazing book. Um, Snowman was a gelding, a gray gelding that Harry Delaire plucked out of a field. He was like a plow horse or something and um, pretty much bought him off the slaughter truck and turned him into a serious show jumping champion. It's a great story. It really is. And you, uh, I can't wait to hear what your report is from the movie. We'll try and get somebody on next week, too, from the movie, one of the producers or something. And uh, we'll get your review and we'll chat about uh, Harry and Snowman. And it's making its rounds to film festivals and smaller venues at this point, right? Isn't that what? It- um, yeah, I'm yeah. not sure where else it's playing. But because we um, attend and follow Newport Polo regularly, we got an alert that this event was happening at the Polo Grounds, which is a great great place to have a big outdoor movie, especially one about horses. So I haven't even had a chance to see where else it might be playing. I saw it was, you know, within an hour of me and I made my appointment to get a seat. I can't wait to hear all about it coming up. That sounds terrific. Well, today we are going to talk a little trails and trail riding, which you guys got to do a little bit last week, you and Jennifer. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little. Well, that is becoming a problem here in the United States as the uh, trails are being eaten up by all kinds of things, whether it's for uh, biking or mountain biking or horseback riding or whatever. So there's an organization out there called americantrails.org, and we have Jan Hancock coming up, who's kind of the authority. She's from Hancock Resources, and that's an equestrian design consulting firm that specializes in planning and design of equestrian trails and trailheads and campgrounds that are good for trail riding. First of all, I didn't know there was anybody out there that had that specialty, so that's kind of cool. I know. That's a great job. I know. She's the author, or also the author of the U.S. Department of Transportation, Federal Highway Administration, and USDA Forest Service Technology and Development Program 300-page design resource manual. Uh, what? Yeah, but we'll find out. Okay. <laughs> Aren't you impressed I got through that in one breath? I, 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 I'm, a, I'm impressed that there's a 300-page resource manual. Man, resource manual. I can't even say it. Oh, the shorter name for it is Equestrian Design Guidebook for Trails, Trailheads, and Campgrounds. So there, that probably makes sense. <laughs> okay, that's, that's a little the, better. That's the English name, not the government name. So Thank there you, you. go. <laughs> well, let's find out all about what's going on in the world of trails here in the United States. Right after this word from our friends at EasySignsOnline.com. This week's EasySignsOnline.com Spotlight product is their New England style farm signs, their most popular line of signs. 
New England-style farm signs are very durable and designed for long-term outdoor use with no maintenance required. No wood to rot and no paint to peel. They will outlast the old-style painted wood signs by many, many years. They are available in many sizes, shapes, and styles, which makes them the perfect sign for any farm or business. Go online today and go through the EasySignsOnline.com easy step-by-step ordering process to see all the prices and options available. They also offer free, no-obligation sign proofs on all New England-style signs. And you get free shipping as well on all New England-style signs. So replace your old worn-out sign and make a great first impression with a new farm sign from EasySignsOnline.com. Visit EasySignsOnline.com. Well, hi, Jan. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to join you. Well, you know, we, I, when I did your introduction, I said I didn't know that there was a group that actually specialized in the design and planning of equestrian trails and trailheads and that kind of thing. And that's what you have done. You're really kind of the guru on, on uh, building trails and maintaining trails, right? Well, I am uh, at the design end, the front end, uh, in planning and design, and I work with landscape architects, architects, civil engineers, and other professionals in planning the uh, best way to um, get trails on the ground that are safe and fun for equestrians to use. And that's where kind of americantrails.org comes in. Tell us about that website. That is a that is a really um, important organization for any equestrian. It's the uh, website address is www.americantrails.org, a nonprofit organization, um, many many years in existence, uh, forty close to forty years. And American Trails is sort of what I would term an umbrella organization for all trails, anything trails. In the United States and around the world, um, we have just um, initiated uh, for the last four years a very important international association with trails organizations, and we have uh, conferences every two years. And uh, this is uh, we just finished our second international conference in Portland in May. We had 18 different countries represented, and these are all trails organizations, and many of these organizations in locations such as South Africa and Australia and Canada, there are many equestrians that are internationally joined in in partnership with American Trails, but American Trails is, um, I guess you would call it kind of the the Google of the trails world is where you would go for anything that has to do with trails, both motorized and non-motorized. So it's, it is truly an umbrella organization, and many, many equestrian organizations belong to American Trails, as do hiking and mountain biking and um, snowmobiling. If, it, if it's on a trail, if you're going to find a lot about that topic, uh, as American Trails would be considered the number one resource for information, education, um, support, um, 
grant information, uh, trails advocacy, very, very connected. American Trails spends a lot of time informing all of its members about important legislation that might be coming up that could affect trails in their particular state or community or country. So it's a really... um, it's truly the number one source for people to go to for that kind of trails information. And uh, we welcome, we have a phenomenal website, and we welcome calls, inquiries, uh, any kind of um, problems that you might be having. Um, we have so much information on our website, but if you can't find it on the website, I am the equestrian representative on the board of directors for American Trails. This is actually my second go-round of um, serving in this capacity, and whatever people and our webmaster cannot find in the way of, of source information that's needed, whether it's financial help or help with a closed trail or whatever it might be, those emails and inquiries come directly to me as the only equestrian representative on the board. And I do my best with my experience and um, all of the work I've done to write the um, equestrian design guidebook. That's a 300-page resource that's available for free to its tax dollars at work <laughs> to um, anyone. And we... Um, I do my best to find either a case study or a solution that would be a similar uh, problem that has been solved that um, we can send people to to get ideas about directions they might be able to go if they do have an issue or let's say they have an event uh, and they'd like to know about other events and the successes of those events. Those are the kinds of things that we can help people with through American Trails, just with a simple inquiry over the Internet and just, you know, what is it that you need from us, and we'll do our best to get it to you. What's what's the what is, you know we've heard the rumors and I don't know if the rumors are true but you always hear about the number of trails decreasing obviously people buying up land and putting up houses and whatever you is it true that we are losing trails or we have we stayed the same have we gained some what's the truth on on the the number of trails here in the United States Well trails are increasing the trails dollars are decreasing. (laughs) And so the importance of volunteerism and um, working to design trails that are more sustainable, we have a number of trails that are 40 and 50 years old in America, and those trails often were built to get from point A to point B, and they uh, become trenches and uh, places for water to travel, and then the trail gets eroded, and it's, it's no longer a safe place for any trail user, equestrian or otherwise. So we lose trails, and we are doing our very best now with a lot of work with our land management partners at all levels, national, state, local, to design and build trails in the future 
that are sustainable. In other words, the design really helps prevent the loss of the trail, especially through water erosion, snow that um, melts and carries the soil away, etc. So we, your question is so well pointed out to me uh, the the need for equestrians to understand that some trails are being closed because they're not safe or it adds to a degradation of our natural and and, um, public lands that are out there in America today. And the use of those trails needs to be done with um, a leave-no-trace ethic. We shouldn't be riding on trails, for instance, until two days after a rain but we find ourselves riding and all of a sudden a rainstorm comes up on us. We don't have a lot of choice. So our horses make, you know, post holes in that trail and then somebody has to go in and fix it. So the answer to your question is trails, we are getting more trails and these trails are much better designed and they have been over the last eight to 10 years than they ever were before. And many of the trails that we are losing are losing, uh, we're being lost because of the way those trails have become impassable or unsafe. We don't have the funds in the land management agencies today to create a lot of new trails. So it takes a tremendous amount of effort on nonprofit organizations, writing groups, their clubs. Um, often partnering with Jeep clubs and others to get trail tools to a site location where we can do work to fix a trail and make it passable again. But the land management agencies just do not have the staffing or the the, uh, time and equipment to go out and take care of a lot of these trails that we are losing. So it's up to us as equestrians if we want a trail opened again, we need to go to that land manager and ask, what can we do to help? Okay. What What do you spend the most of your time as the sole equestrian representative in this organization? Um, what do you find yourself speaking up about the most in terms of uh, representing this particular group? Our needs are pretty similar to most of the other passive recreational needs. Um but you also, you know, these are trails are also available for motorized vehicles. But how do how do you represent the equestrian segment? Well, in several ways. My background: I'm a, a college educator, uh, so education is very, very important to me. So when I uh, when I see the kind of calls that come in and the kind of requests that come in about equestrian subjects. And I'm updated regularly. We have regular board meetings, and we talk about, well, you know, what is, what are our constituents out there needing from American Trails? We do our very best to put the um, the emphasis on what those current needs are and where those current requests are coming in. And the requests that come in from from most of the equestrians have to do with um, sharing trails with uh, mountain bicyclists and other trail users. I was and, just going to uh, say, that's the complaint <laughs> that we've heard the most, is that there's always this battle between the bicyclists and the horse people. 
And that's an education issue. <laughs> that's why I am so strong on education. We are finding through the, with the different uh, symposium topics that we cover, that we are getting more and more people involved and concerned in doing things about helping eliminate a lot of this conflict that we have been experiencing. Actually, it's a very small number of mountain bicyclists that are creating a, a lot of the problems. As we educate and inform and help mountain bicyclists understand what it is about riding horses that um, can set up a, a dangerous situation, the more informed they are, like speaking out loud when they approach um, an equestrian. Our horses love to hear a human voice. We feed them. <laughs> they like us. <laughs> so um, a human voice is not fearful. Um, a bike pedaling and a person huffing and puffing and coming up behind them with the, the horse's sensitive hearing uh, Versus the person that. on them who's huffing and puffing. <laughs> that would be me. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's, it's, the, um, it's the unknown, you know, that startles the horse as well as the speed. And the, uh, sometimes the unexpected appearance on the other side of the hill as an equestrian and a mountain bicyclist are approaching a ridgeline and neither see each other. So the education that comes in is that if you're... If you're planning a trail, you run it a little parallel to that ridge line so that you get a viewpoint from your horse on what's on the other side of that hill. Now, that's brilliant. And, so this is where you come in with the design ideas? Yes. And, that's uh, and, awesome. And then another, another way is to help make the equestrians more welcome on the trail. One of the things I always design out of any trailhead where we're unloading our horses and preparing for a ride is, uh, well, this is not always off of, from a horse trail or a trailhead. It's often from people's backyards. But one of the things that equestrians horses do is um, defecate on the trail as they first start out from a trailhead. Horses have an uncanny way of marking where they've been so they can come back. And I had a great trail They're not horse doing that, it just to make me mad. No. Okay. They, just check. If, right. if they sense that, like if you are on a trail and it hits a roadway, my horse would without fail, poop right there. <laughs> and it's because that horse knows that he's got to come back that way. And so, um, but the worst time is right as a horse leaves a trailhead location on the same trail that hikers are using and mountain bikers are using. If we as an equestrian community will encourage our land managers to take the horses out on a separate trail for about the first 400 feet to a quarter mile, whatever it would be appropriate, where the all of the horse manure is, and then it gets well dispersed on the trail system. But at that very beginning point, if we design a separate trail out of that trailhead, which then meets the main trail, 
where all the other users are, all of a sudden we've made a lot more friends well, yeah, out there. i got to tell you, Jan, we're lucky down here in Florida. We live in Ocala, which is right near the Florida Greenway. Yes. Uh, and you probably know about the Florida Greenway. Well, it's a trail that goes from the Atlantic Ocean to the Gulf of Mexico. It goes entirely across the state. And it was meant to be, it was actually meant to have boats. It was, they were digging it out to make a great big water system across the state so they could bring big ships through. And that canal was supposed to be what the Panama Canal is now. They they then abandoned it and moved down there. Well, that, all the land that they had bought and started making this canal in, they've now taken and made into a greenway across the state. Well, we have the best trailheads. And what they do at those trailheads, Helena, is they do have separate paths that go out for hikers, bikers, and uh uh, horseback riders, and they actually have separate paths the whole way through the trailhead. That's huge. Yeah, that's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, and but you can actually ride your horse from the Atlantic Ocean to the Gulf of Mexico across Florida. I, uh, I'm aware of that. Um, that project, that Greenway project, is um, is a blue ribbon project, and it was really handled well. And it's a great case study for anybody that's especially a long-distance trail because as you come in and off of that trail, the that planning for separate entrances, because people are going different speeds. Right. And then you have people uh, that are walking dogs that have never seen a horse. And you have little kids that want to run up and pet that horse. And so and that trailhead and that that is such a busy location the more we can disperse people there and kind of have an alluvial fan out onto the <laughs> trail system from that trailhead, then then you're really eliminating a tremendous amount of the frustration and the uh, potential for injury and, and accidents. And so I think that um, I've read about that uh, wonderful trail system, Glenn. That is such a well, well-designed project. And the state of Florida really took pride in it and still does. I mean, we have land bridges going across the highways, and they really do do a good job there. So it sounds like Jan is advocating uh, this. You're really av- advocating, you know, cooperation but separation in a way, right? Um, well, not separate trails because we just don't have enough right. money for separate trails but in I, America. But at the point where the bottleneck is, which is usually the trail head. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And yes. that makes sense. And it, you can see it. It's so nice that this these trailheads here, every one of them set up that way, that you're heading out to the bikers are going one direction and the horse people are kind of going a different direction. Yet there's a there's also free, I think it's free or $5 or something, camping at every one of these trailheads, too. And there you'll see the bikers and the, the horse people together. Um, but but mm-hmm. when they take off. They're separate because, you know, I, you know, I can't blame the bikers either. They go fast. That's why they're out there. They, that's part of the challenge of mountain biking is you want to cover ground. And when you come across the horses, you know, as you said, you're coming up over a hill and they're there. I mean, you just you can't see a lot of places because the foliage is so thick and the trees are in the way and the bushes. You're, you don't even know you're coming up on a horse in a lot of cases. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. It's, versus yeah. the motorized vehicles right. where you can hear them coming right. a mile away. And you can't <laughs> you hear know. the bikes coming either because they're flying usually. So um, no, you cannot. No. That's or right. wait, you're saying you can you or cannot, you can't? You, can, you can't hear them coming a lot of times because they're so fast. They're on you before you realize that they're even behind you. 
Right. Uh, I mean, a lot of non-trail riders might think that the motorized vehicles will be would be more of a challenge to work with on the trails. But because you can hear and smell them coming from so far away, um, I mean, I guess it depends on how, you know, how your horse is trained. But in my experience, hearing and smelling something coming long before it comes is less likely to cause a horse to spook or bolt than than a bicycle, which is going to catch them off guard. Correct. I mean, yes, you, you can argue with the other way, but. Well, being forewarned on a horse is always a plus. I know. Exactly. <laughs> oh, none of us so, have had that um, problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My horse uh, spooks all the time. Hey, um, so, um, is the there one, anything yeah, else? I know our time is limited yeah, we, here. We're actually running out of time, but I did want to mention we had on our morning show on Horses in the Morning, we had J.R. Hull, who is the founder of Open Trail and Top Trail uh, of Open Trail, which I think is opentrail.com. U.S. And it's a great website for, I just wanted to mention it for our listeners, it's a great website to go to actually find user-submitted trails. So it's kind of a website that just houses all these different trails around the country. So if you want to know if there's one in your area or one you haven't checked out yet, you can go there and it actually gives you the GPS coordinates of the trail and people use their GPSs to map the trail. So it's, Absolutely. it's really a cool resource. And I know, I think he works with you guys a little bit somehow. Um, but but uh, it's a great website for that, too. So there's two websites for you to check out, americantrails.org and also opentrail.us. Jan, thank you so much for joining us. I hope we've at least uh, piqued people's curiosity so they can stop over to the website. Which well, is amazing. Yeah. And, you know, they can go online to uh, the Equestrian Design Guidebook. If they just Google that, the entire book is online, and it has a lot of good information. And if somebody wants to build a trail, they're in an area where that's happening, then they can contact you as well, right? Oh, of course. And American Trails will always be able to provide a tremendous amount of assistance to anybody that's considering a new trail. Thank you, Jan. Thank you. It was great to talk with both of you. Glenn and Alina, I hope we have a chance to meet someday. Coach Jen here, host of the Horse Tip Daily Show on the Horse Radio Network. The way consumers interact with the brands they have trusted for years and those they are about to fall in love with for the first time is becoming more and more mobile, literally, and will continue to do so for the foreseeable future. Podcasts or internet radio shows like this one combine the new consumer preference for on-demand information and entertainment with the power of niche market audiences. Advertising on the Horse Radio Network podcasts allows you to reach the equestrian consumer using today's preferred on-demand delivery system. It's cost-effective and flexible, able to reinforce your existing marketing and social media strategies. To learn more about advertising on this show or any of the shows on the Horse Radio Network, contact us at 859-951-2022 or you can email us at glenn at horseradionetwork.com. That's glenn with two N's at horseradionetwork.com. Come and join the Horse Radio Network family. You'll enjoy the ride.
Well, before we get to our next guest, who's one of our favorite listeners, we have to talk a little bit about something. I have to call Helena out because <laughs> Helena got these products from Uncle Jimmy. She got the licky thing, right, in the mail? Uh-huh. I yeah, got the yep. licky thing. Uncle Jimmy's hanging balls and licky things and all of his different products. And Uncle Jimmy was kind enough to send a, all the hosts to the Horse Radio Network the licky thing. And then Helena says to me after about, what, a week, you said they're not working. Our horse, My horses just do not like the licky things. Now, your horses are out all the time. Um, yes. And they're really meant to be a boredom buster. But So you hung it up outside, right? So I hung it up outside in the barnyard from what used to be a grape arbor, but the the horses ate all the grape leaves. So it's pretty much just a wooden structure. And um, but they do stand under it sometimes. And there's a little bit of leaf cover. So it does provide some shade. And I thought, well, if they're just standing around underneath the leaves, then maybe they'll play with it and, you know, use it as a treat. And it, it, it sat. It's that, it's that. Like, I introduced them to it. I'm like, come here, horsey, horsey. Here, horsey, horsey. And they're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. We're going to go eat some grass. <laughs> right. Well, the other day, I caught <laughs> Brody, Mr. Uh, well, somebody, I just got to tell you really quick. Somebody drove by the other day and stopped me. I was out mowing the lawn. I know we have limited time, but I have to say this. We were out, I was out mowing the lawn and they had to stop me and tell me how much they loved my buxom horse. <laughs> buxom. I didn't have the heart to say he was a gelding, but whatever. So Doesn't my that buxom, also mean a little chunky? <laughs> yes. So... I, you know, so the fact no, that he was funny. not licking Uncle Jimmy's licky thing for me was fine because I'm like, he doesn't need the extra he's calories. Buxom. He's buxom. Well, I totally busted him licking the licky thing the other day. And now it's like practically gone. So case closed. Even buxom horses love Jimmy, Uncle Jimmy's licky things. <laughs> I swear to God, it's a true story. Your horse is so buxom. <laughs> and I'm sure Thank they you. didn't know what they were saying and they didn't mean anything bad by it. But No, they had they lit up. They had this beautiful face. They were all happy. They thought they were paying me a compliment. <laughs> I gotta need, gotta get so, a new girl. Helena's fat beasts love Uncle Jimmy's uh, <laughs> licky things. And they are actually on this uh, holder. So you put them in this holder and they come in different flavors and and the horses will the the th- nice thing about the licky things is because the way they're designed, you don't put them against the wall. They're meant to f- they're meant to swing Hang. about, so they're hard yeah. to eat. So they don't eat the whole thing in one sitting. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so. tell that to my buxom horse, <laughs> buxom and, and by the way, I thought that grape arbor thing you had out there. I looked out and I thought it was a lean to, but it didn't have a roof on it. I said, "Well, they make their lean tos different here in Rhode Island. They don't put roofs on them." No, I was because yeah. it's an arbor. <laughs> But yeah, so Uncle Jimmy's, so you can check them out at uncle-jimmys.com. They have all kinds of great treats for your horse and boredom busters, so check them out there. So we go from Uncle Jimmy's to one of our favorite listeners. She's been listening to our shows for a long time. We've had her on the show before, and that's Minnie Sarah out in Colorado. Hi, Minnie Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hello, all. How are you? Good. It's so good to talk to you again. We got to get everybody caught up on what's been happening. Now, people might might wonder why we call you Mini Sarah. That's because Sarah and her horse are both minis. That's that's very true. It's a combination. (laughs) We come as a team. That's right. And you, your horse, you'd use for for. I don't know. What do we call that sport? 
Is it still called mounted shooting if you're in a carriage? No, we actually just won the world championship in June, and I just got my buckle, and they call it pioneer cart shooting. Cart shooting, okay. That's, that's what they call it. I, I think that's kind of interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations on that. Thank you. And that's so exciting because tell everybody about why this becomes an extra challenge for your mini. My mini is blind. He was born with some eye problems to begin with that just kind of progressed. And now he's completely blind, but you wouldn't know it by watching him run, watching him walk or watching him do whatever he wants to do. He's he's very tuned in to what people are doing and he can keep up with just about anybody. Isn't that amazing that we get, we have a blind uh, mini that's pulling a cart through a through basically a course, and the mm-hmm. object is to to go as fast as possible. And not only that, he's got Sarah with a gun behind him. So I mean, maybe <laughs> that's, that's why he goes so fast. Part. Yeah, <laughs> that's why he goes so fast. Well, Sarah, we're having you on for another reason today, and that's to talk a little more about you than your mini. And uh, I, I put the link in the show notes there, Helena, for you to go to. Yeah. You're 29 years old, and Correct. basically for for over half your life, you've been battling with end-stage renal failure, right? Correct. So what does that mean? Basically, it means that my kidneys um, have shut down completely. Uh, I've lost both my native kidney. And back when I was 16 or so, my father donated a kidney to me. Unfortunately, when you're in the hospital, you have a tendency to contract other bacteria. And I lost the kidney, I think, my junior year, so I'd have been about 17. Um, it's just kind of been a battle to get back and forth to dialysis. It's, uh, it's something you have to really commit your heart and body to doing because when you leave, you almost always feel worse than when you went in. Mm. And there's, there's a lot of technical stuff that goes on, but as far as the emotional stuff, you kind of feel chained to this chair and to a machine And you can't really go on vacations and stuff because that machine has to be used three times a week for three to six hours. And it can be very strenuous, not only on yourself, but your family. Because your family wants you to join in on things. Which like, wait, I have dialysis Friday. Is is there any way we can get there Friday night and come back here by Saturday or Sunday morning? to Saturday, somewhere in there, just because Monday, you know, you have to be in that chair at 5.30 in the morning. Hmm. And I, I know that's actually how you, when you, when you started listening to our shows was to kill time at dialysis. That's, that's <laughs> correct. And, and Helena, I, you would not believe the amount of listeners you have. They went searching for all kinds of shows. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Helene and I appreciate that we help you kill time. So uh, there's nothing we don't, you know, we know that we're just big time killers. That's all we are. So that's, <laughs> we're good that's, that's, that's our use in life. We're a good time killer. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, Minnie, Sarah, you, you started a fundraiser because now you have been put on the National Kidney, kidney Transplant List. And you weren't on that, that for a long correct. time because of your heart problems. Um, 
Correct. Right? Yeah. It it was um a lot of it had to do with all of the other complications. I've had three heart attacks, three strokes, and more seizures than you can shake a stick at. Holy crap! And they want to be careful. Yeah, it's it's a lot. You'd think I'm ninety or something, but I'm not. I'm really not. <laughs> I'm twenty nine, but I look twelve. But I have heart problems, like I'm ninety. Right, you do the math. I don't know it. <laughs> so, um, so but, give us an idea of what your um, what you're trying to achieve here. I mean, we're we're talking, and while we're talking, I, I'm actually um, on the go your GoFundMe site, and it's very easy to drop a, a couple of bucks into your your GoFundMe account. What are you trying right. to do? You you're obviously. Well, face more challenges than most of us have in a lifetime and you're you know yeah. a fraction of our ages so what are you trying to do because we want to help you do it right now i'm trying to raise money for transportation a couple of weeks ago my only port of transportation broke down the entire engine blew and that becomes a problem trying to get back and forth to the dialysis it's not far to dialysis, but it's probably a good mile, mile and a half. And that that walk alone can cause problems for my heart. And I just need to, you know, raise enough money to pay medical bills and get a car, you know, that kind of thing, to, to just get myself back on my feet until I can get a kidney and, you know, things start going a different direction. Well, and you know, I went on there and uh, I, I donated a little bit, and I—that's all it takes is you know to help somebody out is a little bit at a time, and we really want to see you. One, I want to see you get the—I want to see you get the new kidney. That would solve this problem if it—that oh. <laughs> would solve this problem <laughs> in, in a real way. Uh, but you know, yes. she's been kind of limited. She can't work because of what the health problems have been through the years. Correct. And, uh, you know, we, you told me one time, I think you're up to like 120 operations that you've had. So uh, up to 131 now. There you go. Well, and we hope to help you out uh, and a and, uh, fellow horse person who needs a little help. So it's, it's Sarah Smile Fund. I love that, by the way. And you have a great smile, so it's perfect. <laughs> uh, it's, and it's for Mini Sarah, and we're going to put a link in our show notes, and we'll also put a link on the Stable Scoop uh, Facebook page. But Mini Sarah, we're thinking about you. We love you, and we're giving you a great big hug, okay? Okay. I love you guys, too, and I hope everyone has a great day. All right. Thanks, Mini Sarah. Thanks, darling. You, too. Thank and, you. And give the give your mini a hug for us too. Oh, you know I will. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cut right there. Good. I wanted to give him just enough, but not too much, you know. Uh, right. So I just po- also just posted it on my personal page, and then we'll post it on on the other pages too. So we'll get it out there. Okay. Sounds let's, good. Let's hope we can get you, get you some to get you a new new uh, vehicle. Thank you so much. All right, Sarah. You take care. All right. You too. Right, bye. Bye bye, Sarah. Well, we hope that you can help Minnie Sarah out. She's she, she's a she's a wonderful person and who's had a really tough time dealing with everything. I can't imagine what her medical bills must be. Oh my I Ugh, I, I can't know. Imagine and that. or just her. But yeah. yet she still smiles and has this positive outlook, and she she does you know this fun activity with her mini, and you know uh, just a, a good combination her and her mini. They probably understand each other very well. So yeah, good for them. All right, let's uh, head over to do attack and habit segment right now. 
Well, coming up next, we have our Tack and Habit segment and is brought to you by... Sparkle and Boom. Right now, we're offering a website special. So give us a call at 401-903-2885 or log on to sparkleandboom.com and find out how you can save for the month of September on getting your website up and running. Uh, we need a new one at Horse Radio Network. Can you? It's only got 4,200 sound files. Can you get that switched over by tomorrow? Yeah, but no family discounts for you. Oh, look at that. Well, <laughs> right. well, we, we are going to have a lot of tack and habits for you over the next uh, couple of months because we did a lot of recordings while we were at the American Equestrian Trade Association last weekend. And we're going to start out today with a company by the name of Equiderma. And Helena unfortunately missed this interview, which I'm uh, sure she kicked herself for, because the Equiderma people brought over the legend of eventing, Bruce Davidson, was there. Well, your wife didn't tell me Bruce, <laughs> da- Bruce Davidson was coming. I was out to lunch with a business colleague, and which I never get to see. And she's like, are you going to be back for our, whatever it was, our 2 o'clock appointment? And I was like... I'll try, but I don't think I can make it. She never said Bruce Davidson. I would have flown. I would have sprouted wings. I know. It was kind of a surprise for us, too, actually. And he was there supporting this company. He's used these pro- this product for a long time. And, of course, Bruce Davidson, for those that don't know, if you go to the Kentucky Horse Park outside the big outdoor stadium, there's a statue of an inventor. That statue is Bruce Davidson. So <laughs> yeah, I can, we can honestly say he's a legend in the world of eventing. Indeed. He's immortalized right there at the Kentucky Horse Park. So let's take a listen to this interview we did at uh, Ada. I am here with Coach Jen, and we are at the American Equestrian Trade Association with another product highlight. And not only do we have a product highlight, we kind of ran into Bruce Davidson while we were here. Rockstar! Rockstar. And have you been flooded for autographs and stuff? No, it's not that kind of a trade. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. Well, Bruce, you're here because you use a product called Equiderma, and we met Bethany yesterday who said that you were going to show up today, and we thought, I had never used this product before. So te- first of all, Bethany, tell us what it is. Equiderma. Well, the Equiderma line of products addresses any kind of grooming needs you would need for your horses, from shampoo to uh, skin lotion to fight fungus and bacteria, wound ointments, fly sprays. Um, we have a, a whole cadre for anything that you need for the outside of the horse. And Bruce, you've been using this? And we've been using it for 15 years, yes. And why do you like it? For 15 it? years, really? Yeah. Has it been around that long? Yeah. Why have I not heard of it? Where have I been? Under a rock? Well, it's mostly, <laughs> in, mostly been in Florida. Really? Yeah. That's where we were introduced to it with the fungus need and, and the problem down there. And it's the only thing that's worked. And it works quickly and easily and every single time. Wow. So what do you use the shampoo and the whole line? We or? use the whole business, yeah. And, yeah. and and it's the scratches, medicine, the skin lotion, all of it is... Essential because we're in Ocala too, and right now we've been getting so much rain that the scratches are a problem on all the horses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not anymore it, if you try this. Wow, that is well, really cool. Thank you, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you also do a coat spray. Is it an insect repellent or a coat well, spray? We have a an insect repellent um, that's called Equiderma Horse Spray. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have any poisons in it, so the FDA and the EPA won't allow us to call it of course fly not. spray. It's got to be bad it has for the horse. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's approved by them. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah. yeah, so our fly spray has neem oil, and it also has um, 
the usual eucalyptus and citronella, but we also have cedarwood oil in it and lemon peel oil and tea tree oil and lemon oil and lemongrass so oil. Your po- so your pony is going to smell like a some kind of an herb closet. Well, they smell wonderful, yeah. but what's interesting is if you're using any of our products, our shampoo, our conditioner, our fly spray, all of the herbs that are in there are antimicrobial as well and antifungal. So the likelihood of your horse ever developing any kind of skin issue using the Equiderma product line is very remote. So it's going to make their skin does, happy in addition to absolutely, the, yeah, the yeah. insects are going to find those, those scents um, unpleasant, so they're not going to want to hang around your horse. Absolutely. It's even more interesting than that. With the neem and all of our products, neem, uh, if any kind of a biting or chewing insect comes into contact with even a micro droplet of our neem oil or neem tea that's in all the products, it renders them unable to feed, unable to breed, and un- unable to come to maturity. That's scientifically proven. It neuters so them. It, it, it makes them... <laughs> They can't do anything anymore. So they've, that's looked, why they've looked at the head of the beast and they've turned to stone. Yeah, that's, that's right. what it is. It's fascinating. It is absolutely fascinating. Really? Yeah. Well, how about that? Now, mm-hmm. how did this company start? How did all these things come to, come to be? Well, I've been a horse person my whole life. And um, about 15 years ago, I was running an equestrian center, Hunter Jumper and Dressage, in Florida in a little town called Ellington, north of Sarasota. So... I think as horse people, we are all very accustomed to buying the, a product and it says it's going to do this, this for you and that for you. And then you apply it to your horse and it does it. And you're kind of accustomed to it. It's no big deal. So You just try the next product yeah, and, and then throw you go that buy away. another one and you might use, you know, a, half the bottle and it didn't really do what it's supposed to do. But it was, it's never a surprise. Well, I, I founded a not-for-profit animal rescue not just for horses, but for anything. And so in our rescue, we had lots of horses and dogs, cats, eagles, hawks, raccoons, anything that needed our help. And we might have goats, sheep, it didn't matter. Um, what I found when I had that many animals in my care and with the donations, people trusting me to do what was right by these animals, that I couldn't afford to go out and buy another antifungal and another not work. this yeah. thing or that thing. I'm stretching one penny as far as I can and have it not work. So out of frustration, especially with skin disease um, in horses, out of frustration, I started to try to develop my own. I have a background in chemistry and herbal medicine. So I started to make an effort to make something that was really a powerhouse for skin disease. I had an Andalusian mare in my, in my rescue that was out of her mind with, with itching and rain. Oh, we all know that coat's that. easy to take care of with an Andalusian. Being sarcastic. Oh, she was, yeah. she was, yeah, she was miserable. <laughs> she was pregnant and she was out of her mind. And for three months I tried to everything on the market through the veterinarians, the feed store, everybody tried to get her well and she had no quality of life. I was looking at having to put her down. She was running a high fever and was a big scab of pus and a mess. So I tried three or four formulations that did not work for her. And one night, late in the barn, everyone had gone home and the horses were munching on their night hay and I got a five-gallon bucket out and mixed up what is now called the Equiderma Skin Lotion for Horses. Mixed it up, went in there, poured it on Sahara, who at this point thought I was the Antichrist because I've thrown everything at her, and started from pole to tail, poured two gallons of it on her, and sat outside her stall with a beer and watched her. And 15 minutes later, she stopped itching for the first time in three months. Interesting. Yeah, so... 
Um, the next morning when I came out to do my ritual debriding of scabs that were like super glued on, I mm-hmm. took the hose to wet mm-hmm. her down. And instead of nothing happening and me having to pick them off with whatever latest shampoo, um, they slid off like sheets. Hmm. Slid off. And instead of green inflamed skin underneath, it was nice and pink and was already in less than 24 hours on its way to, to healing. Two weeks later, she had an amazing show coat. And since that time, you know, Equidermis Skin Lotion addresses any skin problem that you're dealing with. And, and quickly, fast, reliably, and predictably. I can mm-hmm. tell a customer, here's your problem and here's what you're going to see. You know, the first hour, the second hour, and mm-hmm. tomorrow morning, this is what you're going to see. And mm-hmm. they're all remarkable. Um, each one, each Equiderma product has a horse on the other end of it mm-hmm. that I said, darn it, I can do better, mm-hmm. you know. I have to do better, Yeah, like well, in the case of wound care, too. Well, Bruce, I think people would be surprised that you're... I think they're always surprised that when professional riders, right, are that they're actively involved in, in, in a thing like skincare. They always assume the grooms take care of all of that. And you don't care about that stuff. I think that's the assumption that people make, but am I wrong? Yeah, well, I th- in my, my case, you're wrong. Okay. Um, I think many of us like the hands-on part as well and I mean I'm very involved in the stable and and I'm very involved in each each horse and uh, what's happening with it and uh, things like scratches are unnecessary nowadays but they can certainly happen at the wrong time and and you can you know not get to take part in a big competition because they can actually get lame from a severe case of scratches right of course and 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 it's it's just bad stable management Mm -hmm. so uh there's nobody better than myself to manage the stable i know what's going on i've done it all my Mm -hmm. life and i want to keep doing it all my life is it that way with all the professional riders or some pretty hands-off? I think everybody's different. Yeah. Every, I think everybody's different. Some don't just like to compete. Right. I like Mondays just as much as Saturdays and Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people find it? Well, they can find it... Uh, at a lot of retailers, yeah. Many, many, many tax shops and retailers. We, um, we started in Florida and sort of snuck up from central Florida up through. And now we, we are in a lot of stores everywhere. We also have a website, um, equiderma.com. Can they buy it from there or do they have to go to the store? You can buy it from our website. And also on our website, there's a lot of information on the problems that people have with their horses. And we want to give a shout out to our friend who we play her music all the time. She's been on our show a hundred times, Templeton Thompson. Hi, Templeton. She listens to our show. So... Uh, we love you, Templeton, yeah. and I know she uses this product, too, and she's talked about it. So. Oh, yeah. Templeton endorses our products, and she's been using it for many, many years, and she is... She's, she's in, And she's in Tennessee, another yeah. hot spot for hot spots. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's right. And we're also endorsed by Stefan and Shannon yep. Peters now, so that was that was an amazing thing for us. Because and like Stefan Bruce, is one of those active people involved oh, yeah. with this horse. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So well, thank you both for stopping by. We really appreciate it, and thank you, Bruce, for stopping by and, and doing an in-person interview and not over the phone. So. Oh, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> and Thanks. thank you, Bruce. I appreciate it too. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Thanks, you guys. All right. 
Well, thank you to them. Uh, we appreciate ADA, also the American Equestrian Trade Association and Hopper Expositions, for treating us like royalty every time we go to the trade show there. They're I a do. lot of fun, and uh, they, you know, they give us a prime booth. And I mean, it's just we get to do all the recordings and do the morning show. Helena, if you missed it, did the Horses in the Morning show with me, and we always have a lot of guests, and we did that day too. And if you want to go back and take a listen to that, if you missed it, it is the morning show. Show horses in the morning on eight twenty four. Nope, that's wrong. It is the morning show on. It's not just me. Uh, let's see, what date was that? Was it eight? Yeah, it was uh, eight twenty. No, it was last week. Eight seventeen. Glenn can't remember. Yeah, he was, can't remember. <laughs> on August the seventeenth is when that was. Uh-huh. So. So check it out. Listen to Helena and I do our thing live from American Equestrian. We had some fun guests on that day, too. We sure did. Talked about some cool new products. So I got to let you go because you're heading out the door to go to Newport to see a movie. We are going to see Harry and Snowman. But first, I have to bring Grace to a birthday party, which is, I don't know, (laughs) cool these days. Birthday party. No, I I never had a birthday party growing up. Nobody ever had. I've never had a birthday party in 53 years. What? Yep. That's you true. lie. No, why? No, I don't know. We're gonna Jennifer's not much of a party planner, so that's probably why. No, but she can flap her trap until someone else will plan, <laughs> plan a party for you. That she can do. Yeah. <laughs> I know her. I tell her you said that. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We really appreciate it. You can find the Horse Radio Network app on iOS or Android. Search for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free. It's easy to use and the best way to listen to our shows. Log on next Friday for another episode of Stable Scoop. And we will be getting a review from Helena on Harry and snowman and hopefully somebody from the movie will be on as well you can find helena at you can find me at sparkleandboom.com or you can also find me on facebook where i am constantly posting to flirting with the world that's if you're interested in fashion many thanks to our sponsors as well uncle jimmy's you gotta check them out uncle-jimmy's.com and easysignsonline.com that's it for this week That's plenty, but there will be more next week. Until then, happy scooping.